0: Hello and welcome. Welcome back to our seventh episode. Seventh, yes, seventh of... Wow,
1: that's a lot. We're getting there. We are,
0: we are pushing through. We are pushing through. And thank you for bearing with us. Um, of <coughs> the first pancake. Um, the first pancake is Sasha and I trying to work through life optimization and the various things that we encounter in our world that are
1: related to optimising. That will be also in aid to launch our projects, our, our, our future endeavours. Exactly. And that,
0: that leads me on to some housekeeping for this week. So the first thing to note is the launch. I say launch. There's no launch. Our website is now public, The thefirstpancake.org. And the thefirstpancake.org is exactly what we've got here Times ten. It's um, a blog with some thoughts that I'm currently contributing to, but we're hoping to get a bunch of other creators involved with. Um, and it highlights the projects we're working on, and you can see more details of what Sasha and I are working on there. So I just think it's worth doing. Um, as is customary, um, what we're going to do is do a high-level introduction to ourselves. I've got a, a few questions that Sasha is not prepared for. But he should be able to answer based upon what he's been doing the last week. And then we have our usual segments in the ether and regression progression. So, Sasha, do you want to kickstart and tell the people very quickly what it is you exactly do?
1: Yeah, I am a born entertainer, uh, currently developing a project which is a homegrown chat show. Um, think of it like the Late Late Show, uh, SNL, and Ali G all rolled into one. Spicy hot ciabatta. I love that hot chia Um
0: <laughs> tasty um, I work to revolutionize the way people think about food, from discovery to planning all the way through to eating, and that's what I'm working on day to day so Sasha, the and everyone, the um topic of this week is taking a break from work, mm. w- which is highly apt, considering sasha's just been away effectively the last few days, yeah. um, in whether you're English or American, either Ibiza or Ibiza. Ibiza. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I just feel like people right now are just drinking in the background and so forth. <laughs> um, and I want to talk, and Sasha, you'll, you'll tell us a bit more about how your break's been. Sasha specifically wanted to tell me before we sat down, but I, I held his yeah. thought process because I wanted it to go live. Tell us about the process, this specifically and further, about taking a break from work, whether that's a holiday, a retreat and so forth. Um, why would you take a retreat beyond the obvious things? And and, and, and what are you looking to get out of it? Uh, I kind of got a bunch of follow-up questions off the back of this and I'll answer the best I can. Yeah. Tell me a bit about how this whole thing came about and, and the impact for you as someone who, as we know from the show,
1: is quite creatively fused. Yeah, so the kind of uh, job that I have to get my money to keep me afloat. Um, the company had hit a huge target and uh, as a reward, the whole company um, was able to have a trip to Ibiza. Um, so that was about three to 400 people um, having to travel across Ibiza. And um, so, yeah, it was a free trip. I wouldn't normally do something like that. Uh, but it uh, seemed to be a nice... you Are right. all right? What are you up to? What are you doing? No, I'm all good. Ah. Um, yeah, no, it was good. It was good. Uh, I don't normally switch off that, that, at, at that level, but kind of approaching it, I kind of did a lot of meditation, and uh, in one particular meditation, I realised I had the epiphany of the value of switching off entirely. So I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to read the script over and over, and, and during that holiday, like not put my foot. Yeah, off the
0: here. typical thing of saying, "Oh, you know, I'll get some work done while I'm a- away. I'll I'll utilize the flights. I'll utilize yeah. some of the evenings. Exactly. It's very, we, many people who work uh, or work quite hard will notice this is a common thing that yeah. they 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 want to self rationalize taking time away and go,
1: well, I'll get work done. So that's how. I yeah, work. exactly. So I thought that until I had this one specific. Um, Meditative session, um, in which I kind of saw, and this sounds not strange, but it sounds very, uh, as Tim Ferriss say, woo woo. But I saw myself within the the limitless universe, and that this project was, I was in the project, and so at first the whole project was my life, and and everywhere I turned was the project. But then suddenly I was catapulted out of the project, and I could see it from a distance. I saw it from a very far away. So it was almost like looking at Earth from a completely another planet and seeing how small this project is. As much as it was my whole world and everything like that, it was this, from a distance, again, you could say the distance was a stranger in the, in, at a party and you discuss it, they see it. You know, I looked at the project as an, a complete outsider and I thought to myself, I think that I'm going to just... L- I, I can see it, I know where it is. I'm just going to leave that and I'm just going to go and I'm just going to have no I'm not going to have any kind of um, structure to kind of work on that and I'm just going to try and completely not ignore it but completely detach from it and see what that does because I I know that I'll be raring to go back Um, and so yeah there's a few few advantages that I felt I have now gained Um, so one of them was Um, first of all, checking in with myself. I mean, there was a lot of drinking, to be fair, but I... It sounds like there was a lot of
0: smoking, the way you were speaking about it before as well.
1: (laughs) (coughs) Um, And, um, yeah, so it was... It was a a nice uh, opportunity to just completely let let loose. Um, But then I found that I was kind of... Networking because the company is quite big and they've got a YouTube department for advertising and stuff like that. And so they've got, you know, uh, video producers, they've got editors, they've got video content. And I did a favour for them like three months ago. I'm not in the same building as them. So it was an opportunity. I saw the guys that I'd done, a, a, you know, um, a favour for and we ended up chatting and stuff. And then there was this particular um, guy that, He's a, a, a re, you know, really passionate filmmaker. And I told him, you know, my projects. And he was like, I just want to help any anywhere I can. Like, I want to help you achieve this dream. And I was like, I was like wow, that's amazing. You know, it's, it's, just, it's just nice to know that after a, a year and a half, two years, that when you're talking about it, you can sell it so much now that people are, are wanting to drink the Kool-Aid. And I think that is one of the important things about when you're
0: really passionate about your business or whatever you're working on, whether you work within a company or own a company, if you get to that point from a storytelling perspective that that it's so great, you can utilize any situation to your advantage where it doesn't matter whether you're in a conference or whether you're at a pub with some mates, You might find someone who's related to you, whatever. This so happens that they're in, they work for the same company for you, but you might equally have told me a story that you were sitting at the bar being sociable with people and then found someone who was also in a similar game that you were. Mm. It's that social butterfly effect, but I think it only works if you have your story, your narrative down to a T,
1: because
0: otherwise people just don't take the time otherwise.
1: Yeah. No, you've got to have it. And um, So yeah, so that was really good. So all of a sudden, you know, the potential to kind of build some a bit more infrastructure, um, to kind of create um, an opportunity to to make content on a regular basis and and kind of remove myself as a bottleneck, having to do everything. So that's a, that's an interesting thing I think for my project moving forward, which is a completely different um, story. But you know, this is an interesting holiday. You know, and and even from just being detached from the project and saying that there is value in the company I'm at they give me the flexibility it's good excuse me um, they give that was know, a phone that was a phone dropping you know good good money and you know i do you know i do have friends there and, and I, I don't know it just it helped me realize that the project is the project and i'm I'm, di- I'm i'm separate from the project and the project will still keep going if i just walk away from it for a bit
0: yeah, I think, I think the whole argument that you can't see the wood from the trees is almost impossible to recognise when you're in a forest. I feel like I especially need that time away. That, that mm. Sometimes it's metaphorical, but sometimes the literal distance you are from your office or your work or your, your place of work, your, wherever that may be, having the ability to stand back And really enjoy life in general. And I think when you put yourself in a situation, whether you're on holiday or break, whatever, you should always try and enjoy it. It's always the case, but this especially, enjoy life. Really enjoy it. And it gives you a barometer about how you normally feel and how you could feel. And that's a really interesting point. If you're on holiday and you're drinking away Mm -hmm. and you're like, my life is crap compared to this. That's when you kind of get a light bulb moment that you might want to make some structural changes. However, if you're on holiday and you're like, I love this, but I also love my job and it's great. Then I think you're in a much, then you're in your, you're in a good place mentally because you're not viewing that as the must have alternative to your current reality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's important. What you said, though, there is interesting. You've clearly didn't fully detach from work. I mean, you were still talking to people in this department. Yeah. So, so there was still part of you that was, if you will, still attached to that working environment. Was that a conscious effort, or was that, that just a
1: byproduct of the people you were around? Um, no, I do think that. <laughs> yeah, as much as I say I'm detached from it, it's still. It's no longer... I don't see it as no... Yeah, that I think this is what's changed, just realising now, is that the project isn't me, but the project is a baby. And I don't have a child, Um, but I do know that when people get children, that all they seem to talk about is their child and how cute it was that they burped and how cute their first step and stuff like that. The project is that you you, you you will absolutely lose your mind and be on cloud nine because of a certain thing. And then actually, if you say to, to someone, they're like, all right, okay. But you're like, yeah, but that, that was an incredible moment in the development. It's like, okay, your kid brushed its teeth for the first time, for the, you know, without any help. Well done. Do you know what I mean? I think that that's yeah. so it's no longer me, but it's my child and, and I will always just, be very proud of my child. I'm very proud to...
0: It's, yeah, it's a great analogy. And it's often... You know when some people often go, do you have kids? And the reason they're saying that is because they're about to tell you something that makes a great deal of sense... If you have if kids. If you have kids. Yeah. It's almost like we should be doing the same as business owners, going, do you have your own business? Yeah. I'm putting my hand out just to metaphorically pause. Um, if they say no then they're really not going to quite understand it. And it's the same way I presume a parent would alter the story that they would tell. If, they're, if, you, if you go, do you have kids? And they're like, yeah, I have three kids. You're like, oh, he burped for the first time the other day. It was fantastic, hysterical. You could both enjoy that moment. And the same way I would go, do you, have a, do you have your own business? Yes. Oh, we're trying to work out our accounting software. Oh, accounting software. I'd recommend this and that. But I remember the first time I yeah. went through my... That makes no sense to someone who is in the marketing department at a 2000 person company they're looking at you like what's a burp what do, yeah. you, what do you mean like how is that an, a relevant thing so <clears throat> going back to the storytelling aspect i think that's
1: a, a similar type of analogy and i think what's really interesting is that if you have the confidence you tell the story to a group of people well then what you're doing is you're just hedging your bets and then there'll be one in that group that will speak to you afterwards or Will kind of shuffle near to you and you'll end up having a further conversation and everyone else will do their own social thing mm-hmm. but you'll find that one person that goes I, I really enjoyed what you said and you know I'd love to know a bit more and then that conversation develops into a meeting that then v- develops into potential relationship that then develops into being someone that comes on potentially to your onto your team yeah and I like that and, and I think
0: this is this is a really interesting conversation around how you pitch ideas and who you pitch them to. I think if you're, let's say you're in front of four people at a dinner party and yeah. you don't know the four people and they're like, what do you work on? You have a really interesting opportunity here. You size up the four people. And if you go, I don't think there's any value here that they're going to bring to me. Like I roughly know what they do and they just want to know what I do. Yeah. At that point, you can be really detached and I think use analogies really well. So me personally... Uh, one of the things I talk about a lot with food is we talk about collections which is effectively a group of recipes that are brought together but my first question to people who I don't think will quite understand that will be, do you listen to music? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you listen to playlists? Oh, I love playlists. It's like playlists for food where we, it's a curation of things. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't explain that to someone in the food sector. They very quickly understand that but it's a universally understood idea. Yeah. And, and that's where you've got to cherry pick but equally you could go quite deep in an idea and go well three out of the four people aren't, aren't going to understand it but like you said maybe one of the four really will and I'll bring them in very close um, so that's interesting um, I want to continue this conversation of taking a break I still think it's, it's very interesting um, I want to know when you when you are taking a break, are you you talked about when you were going out there in advance, you kind of have a mindset of how much work you may or may not do. Are you thinking I'll bring the tools along for that as well? Like do you say I'm gonna bring out a laptop or am I gonna do mainly thinking challenges? Um you know, I often try and bring out books with me when I go away. That I think are gonna prompt me to think about ideas that I want to think about my business, but I don't need my business out there to do it. I can just be mentally in the place to yeah. do so. What what what's your preparation looking like for working? Because you did intend to work away. What's that preparation look
1: like? Uh well no, so this is the thing. I d I didn't I, I prepared to, but then before the trip I had that realization. So my A B testing was don't bring anything and try and do like try and do zero work and see where that gets you, but because habits are so ingrained, you end up having conversations and in fact, it was a networking opportunity, and I realized that by putting the expectation to zero that actually I came away being like i've had a holiday, I switched off a detachment project, but something has come about because of it uh, potentially um and so um and I think this is a slightly different holiday. So I think that maybe um, discussing another holiday in the future would be interesting. But this one was very like high octane. It was get there on the Friday, uh, th- very late Thursday night and leave very early on the Sunday morning. So it was basically Friday and Saturday. Um, and we were given this wristband, which gave you free booze at the hotel. So it was very, <laughs> it was just very like... <sighs> but uh, I did, funny enough, you... You say that, I did I was, I did contemplate bringing my laptop and do a bit of editing on, by the pool.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's always an idea, it never works yeah. out. But even then, so this is a really interesting idea. It's effectively, correct me if I'm wrong, this trip was a piss-up. Yes, it was. Um, I love that phrase, by yeah. the way. Um, I don't know where it comes from. If you know, please tell me. Um, so you know you're going into it for that idea Now, yeah. in your head, you might go i 'm not going to get too drunk because i 'm still around colleagues and everything i don 't want to be the paralytic one in the corner who needs who 's chest pumped and everything, but you go there going, I really want to relax, do you in your head kind of compartmentalize that and go you know i 'm going to have this activity experience, and then you know what for a few more weeks after i 'm going to be quite focused because i 'm going to take effectively four days off of work and therefore I want to try and catch it up or do you just say I kind of just take four days out my calendar assume it was like a long bank holiday weekend and I don't need to catch up anything I'm happy with my pace because I think this is an interesting thing yeah I remember when I was a couple of years into starting work into my professional career um, and my sister said to me oh why are you working late Um, and I went because I've got work to do and she worked for a hair salon, which at the time, if she missed a day from work, then effectively nothing happened because someone else takes it. And then she goes in the next day and, and there's no backlog, which, as you'll know, if you work in a professional career, there's often a backlog. Yeah. Um, and and therefore, you're... you're well, I don't know that, but yeah. But, but you can understand that kind of thing, whether there's any administrative stuff yeah. that you have to do at your work. If you miss a couple of days, then you still have to do that administrative work. Lots of people will find this from a work perspective. Are you ever finding yourself catching up or is it just clean slate? Uh,
1: so I think that, I mean, look, I think that we, we are in two different things. We two very different things. One is, I can tell you right now, is that I probably get an email... Uh, a week, like that. That that's the kind of difference. I imagine that you are getting a lot of emails every day. Uh, I don't know, but th- for me, a lot of people seem to complain. Like in the in the four hour work week, there's a whole chapter about emails, and I was like, I read it, which is good because I feel like that that's something I'm anticipating. If I if it, it when when my project becomes successful. There will be a barrage. So, um, Scott Belsey says, when you make an impact, the reaction is you'll get a lot of noise coming your way, which then you you won't be able to differentiate between white noise and signal. Um, so, but at the moment, I'm not making an imp- I'm not making an impact. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of quietly. I'm on I'm on the island building a rocket ship. So, like no one really knows what's going on and and stuff like that. So. So there's those kind of things where I don't need to worry. It's like I can yeah. spend literally a weekend and I'm not like, oh my God, I've got 60 emails to reply to. Yeah. So that that already yeah. cuts away a lot of admin issue.
0: Yeah, I think that's interesting. What I mean by that is, you know... Yes, I feel like I'm on an island. I think the difference between you and I from that perspective is I send signals out frequently. you're flinging out emails. So occasionally I get signals back, and then so I have to to work with those signals. But equally, the way I set up my week, it's very cyclical. So I tend to do certain things every week that I need to get done, certain amount of outreach and blogging and stuff like that. And so if I miss a week, it's not like oh I'm eight weeks behind on something but I missed a week of doing something so I have the opportunity to want to do I want to try and catch up let's say you're making social media posts you could say I'm going to take a week off of social media someone else could say no I want to kind of do double time this week and then get back and do it that way yeah it it just depends I guess on on what way you view it
1: so yeah I suppose right now I've got I've got boulders to to get on with. So boulders, they don't seem to really. You it it takes a long time, and it looks like nothing's really happening for a long time to complete a boulder. Um, So with these things, I've I've eliminated weekly things, which I might bring. You know, which once I get infrastructure, so I'm planning on going. Like I'd love to go back to having regular content making, um, but. I want to get to the point where the infrastructure is there and I don't burn out because that was one of the... Having these weekly things or daily things that if I didn't do, I felt like I was behind, I think was one of the reasons why I kind of burnt out about three months ago. So I'm at a point now where I'm... If I'm, let's say I'm running, I'd rather feel like I'm not running as fast as I could than running the fastest I can past it and and the reason I say that is, is my habit is to overrun to the point of exhaustion so I'm hoping that that will balance out so that I, I lean back but actually I'm still going at a good pace which is what I think was what I think I'm doing and the idea is you saying oh do you feel behind it well I'm now realizing that art or I don't know I can only speak for myself but Art is is merely abandoned. It's never... It's, it's not finished. It's just abandoned. I could spend the rest of my life building on the mantelpiece, and then I die and then there's, like, this quarter episode that hasn't been made. Or, you know, you hear about great writers that they've got half a novel left and then another writer finishes it off because it's not. You just realise that there's just this continuation. So when I realise that, that there's just literally just... Yeah, Effectively infinite. Well, then all it is is about how you play within your time frame within that infinite. Does that make sense? Yeah, that that does make. Sense. I
0: really like the analogy of comparing yourself to art. In fact, I almost think so much you should describe yourself as an artist. Yeah. What myself personally? Yeah, yeah. as as in, I think that's a phenomenal analogy. It makes a great deal of sense to me. You know, to say I'm I'm working on a piece. Effectively, and when it's done, it will be done. I don't yeah. know when it will be done. I, when it's
1: happy, I will yeah. let it go, and then I'll work on my next piece. Exactly, and it makes a lot of sense as well to do with. It has many kind of advices within it. It's it's saying, don't overwork the art. You know, there's there'll be a point where, for example, your project, you're like, we've worked on the pitch deck. Let's just leave it now. Let's not over. Let's not overwork it. Let's not over uh complicate it and then lose the message you know or you might say actually we need to take away from it you know things like that
0: yeah it's it's an interesting one because there are certain things that are feel a bit more empirical um okay that's great i want to move this conversation a bit more on to general breaks now okay so rather than just looking at holidays and retreats and and so forth let's talk about breaks let's talk about a weekend let's break it into something most of us have every single week a weekend yeah When does it feel right? Because we discuss this a lot, actually, more than our audience might even care to wonder why, but taking a weekend off and going, it's been a hard couple of weeks, I've worked quite hard. You know what? I'm going to sit on the couch for two weeks or I'm just going to relax over two weeks. I'm going to see friends. I'm going to kind of live my life, really, and and detach from work. Now, I think... A lot of what we talk about in the show is about emotional intelligence, this self-awareness of understanding where your body is, where your mind is at certain points in time. And you've clearly developed that over a period of time because whenever I speak to you, I'm like, are you working this weekend? And you're like, no, I feel like X or I feel like Y, so I'm going to do Z, Yeah. Um, Z if you're American. Um, And I think that is phenomenal self-awareness. And I want you to just talk a bit about the process of taking a break, taking a weekend off, a day off, an evening off. I think it's quite interesting. You hear a lot of designers talk about imposter syndrome. And if you don't know, imposter syndrome is this question of, am I faking it kind of thing? Like I'm doing very well, but am I fake? Am I artificial? Because it doesn't even seem like it's me. And I've... uh, I think there are some good talks around that, but I think the big problem that you and I have, and lots of creators have, is, is. But I want to work a bit more. I want to do a bit more. Just a little bit more work. You know, I'm liking the momentum, the feel, and I have to work and I have to work. That hustle porn idea. Yeah. That we've kind of died down a little bit after Gary V's also died down a little bit. you're hearing a lot about it on the web right now. What, what What? do you mean? About how hustle porn and that whole concept is dropping off. And yeah. I think because we've got into a better state from a, a mental health perspective, we're starting to realise that that is really
1: detrimental to a lot of people yeah
0: so i'd like you to tell us a bit more about what are your cues what are your understandings what are your triggers that make you go i need to take a time a little bit off because i don't think the audience needs to know when you pick up the pace because you always seem to be doing a good job picking up the pace it almost seems quite natural yeah definitely i feel like if you're running you'll feel like a natural point where it becomes easier and that's when you step up the pace yeah the harder part is when you slow things down yeah because which muscle twitch and so forth is the one that makes you go, you know what, I'm going to slow it down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what what does your
1: mental process look like when it comes to taking a little bit of a break? Okay, so I think it starts with listening to a little bit of uh, Tara Bracht. I think I've mentioned her as well already. She's a great spiritual um, speaker and it's it's just practice of 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 going right you know you've got you've got this one podcast that's helping you go i'm going to hustle i'm going to hustle but then you've got also maybe another voice in your head all these digital these digital heroes that i i like to refer them to as and 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 for me she's the one that says um Self-awareness, self-awareness, self-awareness. And one of the things I really learned from her is to stop my rumi- rumination, my obsessive thinking. Um, so when I start to obsessively think about something, I've now got this new kind of um, tr- trigger sentence, which I say is, what am I, what am I not willing to feel right now? Like, if my heart's beating fast, um, I'm, think- I'm overthinking a problem, a bit, maybe your, your, your partner in the adventures has said something that you, hasn't quite landed or another, you know, another problem has, uh, has arisen, someone hasn't messaged you or um, you know, your food was wrong or whatever. You know, and you think, oh, the train's late and all of these things build up and, and you're wiring, and, and you're wiring, 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 wiring. And then what I've started to do is go, what are you unwilling unfil- to feel right now? what are you unwilling to feel? And and so that's really helped. And I name it, I name it. Sometimes I'm like, okay, right now, I think I'm unwilling to feel rejection. Right now, I'm unwilling to feel failure. And it's like, it's just catching it, just catching these over and over again. And if I, if I feel like I do that a lot of the day, then I say to myself, tonight, I'm not going to do work because I've had to really be on the ball, um with looking at my thoughts and i need to give my brain a rest so another another vision or another image that i have constantly in my head is the watcher watching the watcher so we all have a we all have that voice that's kind of watching you doing what you do oh that was she, why did you do that you know oh like da, da, da. so you've got that watcher but is it's to add another watcher to to that to add another layer so when that watcher is being a little bit nasty to you is that the watcher watching the watcher can say whoa why are you being a dick to Sasha like we're all in this together we all need to just just relax right now and I think that that's what's helped me a lot is 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 being not afraid to talk to myself in my head and actually really have a conversation like this, a board meeting and be like, you know, you've got, you know, you're obsessively thinking. So how, like, what is that doing? How can we fix that? Maybe you need three days off. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really helpful. Um,
0: I think people think about this differently. Um, I really like, I really like that one regarding these kind of limits that you set yourself. Like I'm not willing to fill this right now. And I am willing to fill this. Um, I tend to...
1: I was going to say, can we flip the question on you?
0: Yeah, so I take the view that um, I'm 25, by the way, soon to be 26. Getting old. Exactly. And I'm, I take the view, I'm going to be working for another 60 years, give or take. Give or take. Not for the rest of your life. Well, I
1: don't know how long I'm going to live. Okay. So, so you're I... just conservatively having a bet here. Yeah, yeah. So
0: I'm going to be working for right, another... Right, here we
1: go. Future Jake, 85.
0: You've try and beat that. Um, So, yeah, I I say I'm going to work for about another 60 years. And so every time I just feel whether something's comfortable or uncomfortable, I just think to myself, am I willing to do this for another 60 years? That's the kind of mental process that goes through my head. I check myself and I go, am I really happy? Because I never take the opinion that oh i'll do it really big for a month i used to take this opinion i don't do it anymore i don't go i'm going to rush at the beginning and then kind of calm down i tend to view that i want to look like going at your running allergy i want to set a pace that i feel happy with for 60 years i think the thought of doing something for 60 years is horrendously daunting to some people just like what 60 years mm. worth of doing something but for me it's it's so helpful it creates such an important time frame because let's say you're in the gym right now and and you are you're on the treadmill and you're actually not pushing yourself too hard and you could possibly push yourself a little bit harder and still be okay you can ask yourself the question if the level I'm pushing myself right now, I do that for another 60 years, will I achieve what I want to achieve? And, and if the answer is no, then you might want to pick up the pace a little bit. Equally, if you walk out the gym with all your muscles in utter pain, knowing that you probably can't gym for another four or five days, no. and you want to gym daily, that's not sustainable for the next 60 years. Um, and so before this, pod- before this podcast, Sasha and I, we both went for a run. Sasha, Sasha went for a shorter run than me. Uh, this was not a dig. show off. This Absolute is, this is, show off. Day. This is not a dig. He, he recently did <laughs> whatever. Um, <laughs> you recently did a what? Ten k, yeah. half marathon, or something? No, don't
1: don't big yeah. me up. Carry on, carry on. Ten k, what was it? No, no. It's a ten k. Yeah, yeah. So he's fantastic. Whatever. Whatever.
0: Yeah. Um, no biggie. And um, and I did a longer run, and I didn't take the opinion while I was running that, ooh, look, am I going to be able to do this for the next 60 years of my life? Because I'm not going lie, by the end of the run, I was pretty damn shattered. Yeah. But I'm aware that I've got to move slightly a bit forward and then come back for a while and then move slightly forward and come back for a while. That's what I can do for 60 years. The run I did today, I can happily do that once a, while, once a week. Yeah. I can't do that once every day. And so that's where I have to be. So when I review things on a weekly basis, that's how I have to feel. It doesn't have to be an individual situation. You can't go to the gym, lift the strongest weight you've ever done and go, I could never do that for 60 years every day. But you can do that once a week.
1: So you're talking about, so what my my takeaway from you is that in order to be able to have a good pace or to play with the pace, you need to kind of have... A boundary in your mind, the start and end point. So you've arbitrarily put sixty years as a as a time frame. So then there you go. You've got you've got the goal, goal posts. You've got the distance, and you're like, right now I can. Now that I know the distance, I can play with. Maybe I'll sprint for a month and then completely like just stretch my my muscles. If it was you know if you're talking about in running terms, stretch my muscles, i.e. take a break. Hey.
0: Exactly, and I just want to have a little talk on what you've talked about before regarding noting yourself. I think the actual term from a meditation perspective is called noting, where you, where you recognize where your brain goes elsewhere. And that's a big thing that I work on with my meditation is because I think like lots of creative people, my brain's like everywhere, yeah. it goes everywhere. And even for a 10-minute meditation, I'm putting a significant amount of work not to stop my brain going elsewhere, because it's always going to do it. I'm never going to be able to stop that, I don't think. But to notice it really quickly. To note and to bring myself back. Yeah. I don't judge myself for it. I don't go, that's a bad, I'm a bad person. But like you, I have to be conscious. If my brain's going everywhere all the time, I realise I have to make changes. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean being, having a break, going back to our previous point. It might just mean a slight structural shift in, in the stuff I'm working at. And that is often the case that I find that I'm thinking about too many things at once. I like to think about a few things every now and then. You know, big problems. I've got a a call coming up tomorrow. And there's something in my head that I I wanted to feel really comfortable with before this call. So it's it's the main thing I'm thinking about right now. But I don't want too many of those at once. Um, And so, yeah, that will mean that I... If I if I find myself doing too many of those at once, I will take a break, recheck, and come back. Yeah. I rarely have to take a weekend off because I feel like I've got my l- speedometer really quite well. Like I'm not over-revving the car, mm-hmm. but it does happen every now and then. And it's more a case, actually, that other people recognise it in me. I don't know whether you find this or not, but when I come in with my red eyes and the bags underneath and having slept the four hours... I'm like, yes. Yeah, really?
1: yeah feet, looking ill and run down. Yeah, I'm
0: like... It? He, and people are like, you're right. You're and right, I'm yeah, like, I'm yeah, I guess. At that point, if other people are noticing it in you... Right. I know there's a, there's a whole element of self-awareness, but I think if you get outside acknowledgement, you have to realise why wasn't I self-aware mm. to acknowledge that.
1: No, that's... Yeah. That's very interesting.
0: Okay. So that's that's the main point that i want to discuss regarding breaks um i kind of want to move on to now to our our two segments which are in the ether and regression progression in the ether is our things that we've come across in the past week um now sasha you've been online less than the last week so more around for you interesting things that you've come across in general whether someone you've spoken to or so forth Mm-hmm. Um yeah I think we'll start with within the ether um I'm going to chuck the bat on to you see if you can run okay um you come across anything interesting this week
1: yeah so um one of the things that happened when I came back was that i had a a, a you know proper face to face meeting with my creative partner, and um we hadn't had one for like pff, almost coming up to like a month and a half um and I made the mistake of thinking that he, did, that he probably thought about the project 5%. I, in my mind, for some reason, I thought... Whereas, in fact, he was thinking about the project a lot more than I anticipated. And uh, one of the things in the ether was that he came back and he said, he said, I know what you're like, Sasha. You are a workaholic. You a doer, But because you are very artistic you think laterally so you have a thousand ideas and then you are the one that actually tries to do the thousand ideas and then you burn out he was like this is what I want us to do he was like I've realised what my position in this this whole thing is He's like this is what I want us to do He's like let's do the 80-20 rule so there are, I think I spoke about 80-20 rule before, but this is a slightly different 80-20 if rule. If I remember correctly, you talked about the 70-20-10 rule previously. Oh, sorry, yeah. But this is different. This is, this is very different. This is 80%, 20% in terms of effort rather than...
0: This uh, is a Pareto's law, isn't it?
1: I, I, I imagine so, yeah.
0: Pareto's law is,
1: is that you achieve
0: 80% of your work
1: in 20% of the things you do. no. So, so this is, again, slightly different. Um, so it's, you have, let's say you've got this project. With the project, you have got so many side missions. You've got so many boulders to go for. Um, he was like, look, uh, we pick together what the first and second priority is. So he was like, we always do, we always do that. We'll always set it, even if we like, have a sit-down meeting. So our, our, our meeting was, our first priority was the script right? And then our second priority was to talk about the set, right? So what we did is we spent 80% of the day focused on the script. And then we finished that big session. And then we went straight on to talk about the script, about the set. But then we finished talking about the set. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, oh, I thought we were going to keep going. But I'd already felt that my head was overworked. It was like, there we go. We've done our 20%. I was like, Ah, And he was like, okay, so now we've tackled the 80% of the script put that to the side now now that I'm away the 80% is the set and the 20% is the script so in this week, work 80% towards the set and then 20% on tweaking the script, doing a bit of the storyboarding and so that is in the ether um, the kind of project management uh, basically, and, and kind of just really being open to just allowing someone to kind of direct me
0: i like that a lot i like that a lot and i think it's also important you know you have a you have and lots of people have the value of effectively an outsider who works inside the project so he has that distance from it that he can bring ideas that you couldn't see i know we talked about wood from the trees before but i'm talking about structural ways in the way you work so if for example you'd ask someone who who knows a lot about business and they sat in that meeting they wouldn't have understood you to the level that your creative partner does and so they couldn't make this really pinpoint change that had so much value because they're not in so i think that's the great value of having someone that's a bit of an outsider but works
1: inside the project yeah and I think that, um, well, I'll, I'll talk about that in the progression regression, but yeah. What's your in the ether?
0: So it's been really interesting. So over the past few weeks, I've really made an effort to cut down yeah, I on saying. the things, the my inputs. And the, my biggest shift has been from trying to move video to audio. So...
1: Not watching anything, but listening to lots of stuff. Exactly.
0: So I used to be really big on Netflix. Cut that account. Used to be really big on YouTube. Cut that account. I haven't been on since the 11th. I think it was the 11th of May. Mm -hmm. I haven't been on. Then liked Prime. Cut Prime out. And bit by bit, I'm cutting out video. The last thing, which I love, and I'm questioning whether I will keep or not, is Twitch. And it's because I watch poker on Twitch. And I only watch live, which has its ups and downs. And maybe I'll talk about that. But so I've been restricting my inputs, mainly to audio. So I've been moving to audiobooks. I've always, always loved podcasts, which is why we're actually doing a podcast right now. So I'm restricting my inputs to an audio. Um, but what I want, to, I want to talk about in the ether is, is actually a fantastic... This is from an objective perspective based upon his success. Um, podcaster, talker called Jacko Willink, who's an ex-Navy SEAL, talked a lot about leadership, has written books on the topic. And I decided to listen to his podcast this week. He has a podcast. I've listened to him on Tim Ferriss and a few other people. And I could just about listen to him. He has that Navy talk, that very uh, open, high sky way of thinking about things. This is not what you might expect me to say. Mm -hmm. I listened to his podcast and I really didn't enjoy it. Oh, okay. I really didn't enjoy the high level stuff. I much prefer the actionable stuff that I get from other podcasts. By the way, it's a fairly possible criticism you might make of the first pancake that we're quite high in this sky. Um, but I like really actionable ideas. I think that's what we try and do the best here, is we're trying to provide actionable ideas. For me, Jack O'Winning was a great example that you can find things in the ether that you really don't like and
1: also adapt your learnings from there. Uh-huh. You don't have so to. So, disagreeing with something. Exactly. And then actually finding you, you've learned something by that disagreement.
0: Exactly. But also, it's all about tailoring that algorithm of your inputs. Yeah. You, you can find out something that you don't like and you can cut that kind of piece out to focus more on the things. I wanted to bring that up in the ether this week because I came across something that most people really enjoy and I didn't. And that's absolutely fine. Yeah. What, what is
1: this uh, mysterious thing that you disagreed with? So.
0: I just didn't like his... Oh, so as a whole you just yeah, didn't like Yeah, I just it. didn't like okay. the, the theme of the podcast and, and how it was being done and, and the kind of, the replies to the questions. I thought it was quite wishy-washy. And I think we have to take that view sometimes. It's so easy to be like, oh, you have to check out this person. This person's amazing. You've got to check out that. There were so many great things. This Game of Thrones, like, you've got to check out that show and this show. When it comes to in the ether and the things that you absorb don't feel afraid to go, I think it's crap, I don't enjoy it, and I'm specifically removing that from my list of inputs. Mm, Yeah, of course, of
1: course.
0: I think it's easier said than done, and that's why I wanted to bring it up this week as a little bit of a difference. My In The Ether was a negative experience, yeah. and I really considered actually what I do and what I don't like from an audio-based perspective, and kind of tweaked my podcast lists off the back of that and i wanted to bring that up this week. Oh great. Um regression progression, i said it correctly this week, which i'm dead happy about. Right. Um it's normally the same thing, regression progression. Yeah. With and and again, batons coming over to you Sasha. What's what's happened this week?
1: Uh so i kind of think that an alignment has happened and i i've realized that the road is long and so there might be periods of time where you both or the team might be misaligned for a long time but as long as you have that that bond to, to just see it through that you do get you do come back you do come back so i think that one of the things was that with the progression was that um uh, my partner really coming into coming into his own and realizing where he stands in the project so a little bit what you've said intuitively which is i'm in the project and i'm in it all the time because I've stripped back my life so that I work part-time, I've, I live at home, I, you know, all of that so that I can have two to three days a week to do what I want to do, whereas he, he doesn't. And so on one side, you know, he is was frustrated with uh, not being able to put enough time in and vice versa, what, you know, when is he going to put work in? So the progression is is that, he found he's finding his place in it which is great this is, means that i don't need to work double time to keep someone passionate about the project because it's their project as well um so the progression was that was that was that if you push on long enough then you go through different phases that's just it's just you just have to push through you just have to push through that's all it is and funny enough just reading outliers um, Malcolm Gladwell, great Malcolm book, Gladwell, yeah, and he talks about uh, mathematics and how uh, different cultural, um, uh, different cultures have different traits, and that the reason why um, Japanese, the Japanese are, are on the whole, don't want to stereotype, on the whole, better at maths than uh, Europeans or Americans, is because Western of, and inverted West in, yeah. inverted commas, is that they, you, you see maths problem is just basically problem solving until you figure it out and they, they tested the time of focus so if you gave a puzzle that was uh, un, if you gave a puzzle which was unsolvable to a westerner and you gave it to someone um, from the east or Japan the, pe- the person from Japan would spend longer bef- before giving up than the westerner and I think that's my progression is that with this very specific project, you just got to keep at it. You've just got to throw a, a, a time at it. And, and then people will find it, people will evolve with it. And, and so that's, yeah, that's my progression. In terms of the regression is my ego um, jumped in. So the moment he took charge of his position, I felt that he's stepping on my position. And so in my mind, I was like, what he thinks this is his project think this is you know is this and, and then I was like stop what are you unwilling to feel right now what are you unwilling to feel um, and uh, yeah it was it was just feeling that maybe someone might be dominant uh, over you um, and that you something might be taken away from you because you've worked so long on the project and you don't you know and, 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 and also the ego of you know I've put in more work than you and you're, but you're feeling really a part of this project you know, as much as I am, and in fact, that's a great thing, that's a great sign, that's a great, great sign that someone is able to be like, "No, this is my project and and I, and I have value to it and and, um, and so yeah my my regression is is that I need to kind of not not react to those people. I need to allow them to run with it, and if they I, I, I need to rather than nip it in the butt. I need to allow it to get to the point if they if it does cause problems if that makes sense just keep an eye on it but be like no let them grow let them feel more and more a part of this project because they will give more and more to it and then that cycle will actually be a positive thing rather than a negative thing.
0: I really like that and uh, there's a point you mentioned there uh, that I really believe is true. You know, regarding this long journey, I've talked about the sixty years. I generally think that most wars of life are wars of attrition it's not a case like you've talked about before where someone's gonna ruin your art it's that it becomes abandoned and if you look at the war of attrition it's effectively that they're gonna run out of bandages before you run out of bandages and vice versa it's the smaller things that happen through the course of ongoing war And that's where you've you've got to be wary to take things over time and be conscious of that. I definitely think the war of attrition is a a really big thing I'm very conscious of. Mm. Um, My regression progression, I think the reason this segment works very well, if you're not aware of this segment, we talk about things where we've regressed and progressed in the past week. And it normally helps because we're talking about life optimization and it's around recognizing issues and trying to create problems. The regression and progression is not always the same thing because sometimes it takes longer to find the, the, the solution. To the regression. Exactly. Um, this is the case where my progression this week is not a regression because I'd noticed the regression weeks ago, but we couldn't find the problem. So myself and my business partner, we speak on the phone five days a week, every weekday. Uh, We don't live in the same country. And so the dynamics of the call is something we're always very conscious of. Smaller everyday things need to be fixed. That is just a huge thing for me in life. People overlook the importance of correcting small things. So we found that these daily calls were a bit fragmented in the sense that while we have a topic to discuss all of the five days sometimes we'd end up talking about for 20 minutes about life events and things. And while that's good, I don't want that to be interweaved with business midway because you, you, you lose track of ideas. And, you know, if you're typing notes, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to type notes and then keyboards off and go back and it's so it, It's forth.
1: interesting you say that, I, and I'm just going to just jump in quickly um, yeah. in terms of conversations with them. Because at the end of the day, as much as people say don't go into business with friends, you spend loads of time with them, even regardless whether they were a friend before or not, they end up becoming a friend that 's just yeah. reality and in fact it 's really advantageous to know what 's going on in their lives to give you context of how they're feeling and The way I do it, the way uh, my partner and I do it, is I have a little five to ten minute chat about their their day or their life at the beginning. We talk about it and then i and then I say something that 's almost a cue that's like and meeting begins. Then I say, and meeting ends. And then if there's still a problem personally, we'll talk about that and finish it. So it's almost like you you feel connected with that person on a personal level, even though you've got all of your work done. Sorry, I thought I'd... No,
0: no, 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 I like that. The solution we've gone with, which thus far we're doing it for about a week, has worked really well, is we previously discussed five topics in a week. Now we discuss three topics in a week. Now the topic, the Monday topic... It's 50-50 split, where we both have to contribute. On the Wednesday, it's him talking to me about something he's been working on. And on the Friday, it's me talking mainly oh, nice. to him.
1: Okay, so you've actually dropped yeah. down from uh, five days a week chatting yeah. to three days as well. So,
0: no, but what we then do is then the Tuesday and the Thursday are general chat days.
1: Oh, and nice, yeah.
0: what we do is on that day, we message each other whether we want that chat or not. 'Cause sometimes we're in a flow and we do a one thirty call midday and sometimes you're in a flow.
1: And you're like, just, yeah. I'll
0: speak to you and, yeah, and th- this means that we can plan to have solid work, let's say on a Tuesday and Thursday, that could be entirely uninterrupted. Yeah. But equally I've got this call tomorrow morning, so I said we'll have that call tomorrow midday it's a thursday but we'll have that call and it allows us to be a lot more open we can chat much more friendly we have two days effectively where yeah. it's much less business-like and the three days where it's pretty solid from a business perspective that's far it's worked really well so i'm really happy with that as a progression amazing regression going back to my yeah. previous point about videos Still got to try and get Twitch out. I don't know whether I want it out because it's poker and it's strategy and it's kind of my, no. it's my thing. But don't you,
1: take it out for the sake of taking it out. No,
0: but I, I love this idea of, we talked about this with the Neil Gaiman, who was on the Tim Ferriss podcast, where he has a rule when he sits down, where he's either allowed to work or do nothing. Yeah. There's no in-between, there's no video. I want to see what my life looks like. If I remove everything. everything else. Anyway, interesting. that's a little re- um, regression idea. Uh, we're coming up on our hour. Um, as always, it's been fantastic. Um, this week, we, we've we talked about our new website, which feel free to check out, thefirstpancake.org. Uh, you might not find it on Google, so just go for the URL. And you can see in more detail there what we're working on. And we'd love your feedback. And no- Jake also...
1: Writes, um, uh, is it weekly or daily? Daily article. Daily article. So, you know, if you've got some spare time on the loo, please do check out his uh, daily blog. We've got on
0: the, yeah, you've got your company name on the mantelpiece, which you can see now, <laughs> and we might have on the loo as a, as a segment. It's always on the <laughs> uh, thoughts. Exactly, exa- thoughts. exactly. Exactly. Um, my <laughs> grandfather always said no lavatorial humor <laughs> so I think well
1: mozart was a real fan of scatological humor so
0: exactly um so thanks again we've discussed what it's like to work on a break i think a bit of a different topic but i really like it going back to optimizing your time um thanks again for listening um we're going to mix again i don't know what the format is going to be next week regarding what we're going to discuss it's going to be things that we've come across, things that we find of value. And we'll let you know that then. We're getting back to our weekly schedule. Sasha was away, hence the little bit of a break. Um, but thanks again. Um, I've been Jake. This has been the first per- first pancake. He's been Sasha. Um, and this pancake looks a little bit tastier than the last one. And that's, that's the whole basis. Um, so yeah, thanks very much for listening. Goodbye.